2: It's Swindon Town.
3: Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. How are
4: you? Oh, I'm good. I'm happy. And I'm looking forward to what will be quite... A big game for Swindon on Friday evening.
3: Yeah, I think that's that's definitely the case. You know, four four straight defeats will do that to you. But you know, home against bottom of the league with with a new manager in tow, it's it, it's a huge game, really.
4: It is, and I'm looking forward to it, and I'm feeling positive too. Uh, before we get going, happy birthday, former town player Andy Much. I've got a real soft spot for Andy Mutch, mostly because I think most fans agree that we were after his strike partner, Steve Bull, and we couldn't get Bull, so we so we got Much instead. And of course, for those who remember, he was on the opening credits for a year on grandstand doing a somersault for his goal against Newcastle, and what was my 10th birthday? So, happy birthday, Andy Mutch.
3: Yeah. <laughs> happy birthday to him, I guess.
4: Oh come on, sixty <laughs> years young. At least tell me you've heard of him. Uh, honestly, until you said that, no. Oh come on, Joe. The Sean Close one from last week, I can understand, but not Andy Much. He scored in the Premier
3: League. I mean, I guess. I mean, I knew Steve Bull. I don't. Uh. I didn't know Andy Much, unfortunately. Okay, it's too, okay. Too far before me.
4: Okay. Well, that's fine. Have you had a good Christmas and in between?
3: Yeah, it was it was a pretty good Christmas. You know, it was, it was kind of all at the moment with the lingering shadow of uh, covering lots of football matches around them. But yeah, it was it was very nice. Uh, killed and then um, Wrexham happened. Uh, yeah, but but Bath City beat Chippenham. They did in the first of the the double headed derby. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the mighty Romans can get a second one. Uh, on New Year's, yeah, at least that is a derby of sorts.
4: I remember when that derby was born back in the early 2000s. Unlike our old friends Wrexham trying to claim Newport as a derby, that's like calling uh, Carlisle away a trip for the England derby.
3: Yeah, it's it's that it's it's certainly no Wrexham versus Newport. I mean, it's it's hardly particularly <laughs> feisty because that's that's kind of the way at that level, but. They're playing each other a lot these days, so it's becoming increasingly big. Isn't it just? Okay,
4: we'll, we'll move away because that's got nothing to do with us. Uh, but as always, we'll we'll start with the previous game, which of course was Swindon Town 0 and 1. Not the bleakest experience, but not great nonetheless. Lots of feedback from our previous episode I did with Terry. Much in agreement, some not so in agreement. And I think I'm really happy when comments create conversation. Because not everything that we say is right. It's a conversation. Sometimes we're right. Sometimes we're not right. Who knows? That's the power of opinion. But
3: how did you find the Wrexham game? Um, it was it was a bit boring, really. Yeah. It was. I, I think I, it was de- either in the live blog on that or natural, it, was like, it was hardly the. It was. It was hardly the five five. I actually saw Johnny Leefield at half-time and um, spoke to him about that as well. But it was it was you know Wrexham kind of got the early goal and thought that'll do us, which was disappointing in terms of a spectacle and it just all felt subdued really you know there are lots of empty seats in the rectum end from I saw afterwards a lot of unclaimed tickets um, and the, the atmosphere wasn't really there whatever Michael Flynn will say um, in a few minutes um, and just the game never really got going until the red card and then even when that happened there wasn't a huge amount of faith on my end that this win would ever get the goal it was it was just kind of a
4: non-event, really. It certainly did lack the razzmatazz that I was looking for and hoping for as I abandoned my family, family on Boxing Day. But a um, lesson learned, I suppose. Lots of conversation about individual performances. I just want to go through a few names that we covered and one that we forgot to cover. Um, and just for your quickest, quickest of hot takes. First of all, Harrison Minturn, go. Yeah.
3: Um... I mean, he was he was fine, I guess. I, I didn't think it was a particularly noteworthy performance one way or the other from mid in my opinion. <laughs> Romeo Hutton. Uh, completely dominated by Jacob Mendy. Lewis Ward. F- uh, showed what we knew of him. Good shot-stopper, can't use his feet for love nor money. Tyree Shade. Very good performance. Possibly his best in league game for Swindon. Saidu Khan. Better at centre-back than centre-mid. Very good. Thank you for that.
4: And the last one is the one that we've, I kind of eliminated it somehow from the running order, because although we didn't get many contributions directly to the pod, the conversation about Charlie Austin was quite significant. You have this sort of divide in the conversation of that guy is working his backside off, doing a lot of work, doing a lot of running, trying, 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 and the other side going, but... That's not what he was brought here to do. He was brought here to be a centre forward and he's getting nowhere near the ball in attacking positions. What was your opinion on his performance?
3: Yeah, well, um, I think it is important that he did play pretty well at Tranmere and he didn't really do much against Wrexham, which at his age and the number of games is expected. But uh, we were kind of having that chat on the way home when my brother had said... Um, I don't know why they asked Charlie Austin to do all that dropping back and trying to tackle stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure they're not asking him to do that. They are. He just sort of does it. And I feel like possibly there's a reluctance within the club for people to stand up to Charlie Austin. Um, but, yeah, it was he was just nowhere near the box all game, really. It felt like a other than briefly trying to set up Jake Young one him he really had any impact anywhere close to the final third. And, you know, he's not here to be a defensive midfielder, is he?
4: No, no. A couple of good defensive headers and sadly one good defensive header for Wrexham uh, <laughs> in the closing stages, if I recall. I think the saddest thing about this season, it's not about the current form, that, that and I think it's reflected also in the admiration and appreciation for Tom Brewer. is just like... It's just nice to see some effort.
3: Yeah, and I've said this for a while. I think football fans in general, but Swindon fans, uh, are very happy for someone to just try quite hard. And as you say with Tom Brewer, it was the same with Tom Broadbent a few years ago where he just gets stuck in. And Charlie Austin is doing that. So the fans that like that are going to be happy with what he's doing. I think the fans who demand a little bit more from footballers less so. Hmm. How was the press box for Wrexham? Was it busier? Yeah, it was a lot bigger, busier. <laughs> Definitely, the press room. When I got in there, it was I got I usually get there quarter past one. It'll be pretty much me and like two other people. It was full by the time I arrived at one, um, full of uh, people with Welsh accents. Um, and weirdly, after the game, very few of them wanted to speak to Michael Flynn, which took me by surprise. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, it was it was it was quite busy, a lot busier than you would ex- when. Not than you would expect, than it normally is. Yeah, sure. And and and, did you see Ben Gladwin? I didn't see Ben Gladwin. No, <laughs> I, I, I saw that in the in the group earlier. I, it, I've not seen it myself. No, it, I'm sure he was there.
4: Um, a few people have said within the fan base that he was near or next to Clem Funi, probably scouting for Crawley ahead of New Year's Day. Um, I like to chum the water by reminding people that he was very keen on starting his coaching career at Swindon. So you never know, right?
3: <laughs> I mean, I've got some photos of Clem Morfunia. I don't, I, I can check them now to see if to see if he was in any of them. But I didn't, I didn't remark upon it at the time if he was sat next to Clem during the match. But I mean, you never know. with, with Ben Gladwin, his his footballing career is. Is uh is always kind of up in the air, it feels like. So maybe is looking for a, a coaching gig or something like that.
4: Well, at some point during this pod I hope to get an update from from yourself, uh, looking at those images and going, I can confirm he was next to Clemorfooney or he wasn't next to Fooley but I remember seeing Richie Wellens in the director's box uh for the York City game just before Phil Brown uh got the boot and we played Carlisle, who Richie Wellens was scouting for, and um he did a number on himself.
3: Yeah, as it turned out, it was a, it was a dual job for him, which is quite useful. <laughs> um, I've I found the photos of Clem. OK. And Ben Gladwin is not sat within three seats of him in any direction. Well, there we go.
4: Um, unless he was having sandwiches or catching up with somebody else, then who knows? But well, there we go. Oh, that was nice. Nice investigative work there, Joe.
3: Well, you know, sometimes I can come in handy. And I can see Humphrey Clare <laughs> in the background. There was one of the proper documentary stars at the game as well. Oh, Humphrey was there, was he? Yeah, he sat that, that, um... four rows behind
4: Clem in a very lovely looking coat. That's the comedian whose wife is the producer on... It's always sunny in Philadelphia, isn't it? It is, yeah, the, the podcast host. Yeah, Megan Gans. That's right. Well, there we go. Oh, good. I'm I'm glad some people got to see something from that documentary. Right. Let's move to the presser. We've yourself and Andrew Hawes, BBC Radio Wiltshire in attendance. And we stick with the Wrexham game. And the first question. is uh, well it was not the first question in the whole thing but certainly the first question we're going to deal with and that was Michael Flynn on the crowd and I I have to say
3: Joe I don't agree with him yeah I don't think uh, not to throw anyone under the water I'm not sure anyone else agreed with him and this is certainly from a live blog perspective quite a difficult thing to kind of type when it happens because it was more of a back and forth with with Flynn saying I didn't think it was quiet you must have been in the car park you're Right. Okay. Um. I don't know if this was. I don't know if it counts as point scoring or or what have You but, um. You know he was he was not wanting to go in on the fans Richie Welland style, um. In, in that manner he was he was convinced that it was loud. But from my own experience, from Andrew's experience, clearly by the question, um. I didn't hear it myself.
4: No. No. It was it was it was flat. No denying it. It was flat. Um. I think the loudest chant was for Jonah about 15 minutes before kickoff there were attempts from the town don't get me wrong but it was very much a I just had a full Christmas dinner 24 hours ago leave me alone sort of
3: atmosphere for you know as far as I'm concerned anyway yeah that was I definitely felt like the vibe there was it was kind of tough to tell if the some of some chants were away chance a home chant. such was the the noise of them when when in the odd occasions they did crop up because it was subdued, certainly, but uh, Michael Flynn, not to be convinced, and then when he was kind of asked about the crowd getting them up for themselves, and this, this went to both um, Flynn and Godwin Milifor in the press conference. Um, he kind of just said, "Well, you know, ask them that. Pretty much, <laughs> I don't care." <laughs> so, <laughs> right? Okay, <laughs> um, but that—that that was, <laughs> I guess, that was his vibe today.
4: Yeah, I mean, you you said the word subdued. I think that's a very good way you can describe Michael Flynn in this particular press conference.
3: Yeah, I would say across the board subdued um, with general answers, although I did, and we will hear this later on, get a the good question response to something I asked, which was a great feeling, especially when beforehand he'd asked us if, if we could ask him any interesting questions. I was like, oh, that's a win for me. Um, a rare win for me in all these press conferences but i
4: don't think you're gonna yeah. i don't think you're gonna divulge that you know you turning up and the manager going can you ask me something
3: interesting please <laughs> well I, I i divulge as i please um,
1: <laughs>
3: and uh I mean, that's what the whole podcast is about me me telling things that are clearly confidential yeah exactly and we love it okay so
4: getting into into the team Michael Flynn was asked about the back three because you know we we are playing a patched up version of it at the moment and he is very much he's very much sticking to his guns on this isn't
3: he yeah absolutely he, he said after um they did switch at Barrow that he'd kind of been forced into doing it and this is kind of the other side where he'd gone back to it at all costs in terms of the last two games having fielded um, left-backs and centre-backs and um, causing opposition journalists to ask me, what the hell formation are you playing? Um, but prior to the match, and kind of having to desperately explain, yeah, I, I get that it doesn't make any sense, but um, but he's um to be honest, that his his reasoning is, is probably correct, that for the Barrow game and when they switched against Wimbledon, they didn't create an awful lot in terms of chances. It was stifling a bit of the creativity. Uh, I, I didn't necessarily have the best game against Wrexham, but he was very good against Tranmere and he was able to do a lot more than he was against Barrow um, in those games. So in terms of the back four, that was stifling a lot of the creativity and clearly not working as a defensive system either in terms of the number of goals that were being conceded. So um, he, he kind of felt that the, uh, the, the back three has helped them you know, create the most attacking threat throughout the season. And although clearly the de- defensively it's it's struggling big time, but switching to a back forward did didn't help that either so you may as well just stick with with what when a system that means that you can uh threaten the opposition and
4: he got some validation from phil parkinson <laughs> he couldn't moan about his injury crisis at Wrexham.
3: no although if anyone's listened to phil parkinson's post-match interview he absolutely did do that <laughs> um, on, on on their interview and i was and I was listening back through and he said, well, you know, we had Paul Marlin and like one other guy um, who were ill. And I was like, right, OK, we've got a full team, but sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, after the game, Phil Barker, supposed suppose, said, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd said to the player, he had said to the players before the match that uh, there weren't any excuses about the illnesses and the difficulties they'd had because for Swindon, it would, had been an awful lot worse to that than that. And um, then he... Kind of talked about their their ability to grind out games and uh, how how nice it would be able to it would be to be able to do something like that.
4: And, and Michael Flynn was quite something that he's been doing a lot over the last few weeks. Is is very much defending the vibe of the team and the togetherness, and and that was no different during this presser. No, he was he was still on
3: the. He felt that he kind of asked if he felt like the players were giving the most that they could at the moment and. Um, if he was getting the most out of them he could, and he said, <laughs> he "Eventually, in that relationship." I was saying, "Yeah, yeah, I am," um, which it's not necessarily something that makes a little ton of sense when you when you're on the run that Swindon are. But um, he said that you know you can, and he said this consistently that you know you look at the games and the players are very much still running and working for each other, and they have that level of togetherness as a unit. But uh, it but you know clearly it's not it's not working to to get the results at the moment
4: well i mean one thing that
3: we all can agree on is
4: we need bodies in that squad uh, not just returning players we need brand new ones uh, it is transfer season now joe but we're not getting much
3: from him no we're not getting we probably got more about a month ago, really, when we started on the transfer questions. Now it's kind of, you know, I'm I'm, I'm calling people and they're picking up and we have conversations about many different things. And um, I'm trying very, very hard. Um, he said, obviously, kind of the second time he's been asked about one or well, answered about one to get things done quickly. He's, he's obviously on both occasions said, well, you know, as, as soon as I'm allowed to do something on January the 2nd, I would very much like to do it but uh, it's not always up to him. So that's kind of where we are. I, I would be very surprised if we get anything more because I think um, after saying in his opening press conference that um, you know, Swindon, the, the kind of media scene and um, the fan base was a lot bigger than his previous jobs. I think after a summer in which he possibly did divulge a reasonable amount in terms of where he was in terms of transfers and negotiations and things. Um, and when those things didn't go the way he wanted them to, um, that would nece- that would you know, often produce a negative reaction from the fan base. That he's a uh, learnt that lesson, I think. Yeah, the evolution
4: from what he was saying earlier in the, his first window versus what he was saying nearer to the end was a great shame.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's more fun when he kind of kind of tells you what's going. On. In his very first press conference, he said that he said on the record that LSE Ambler had signed for a different team, and then very hurriedly afterwards. Cal had to say, you guys can't print that, by the way, it's not it's not done. Um, so we've gone from that to, yeah, I'm, I'm doing the transfer stuff. I've been on the phone. So it's, it's not quite the same. It's not quite as fun from my perspective.
4: Yeah. And in terms of the current loan players, it, it sounds like, well, we've got four at the moment. Sounds like most of them, if not all, will return to their parent clubs. But Whereas there's no talk about Jake Young, the rumor mill churns relating to Dan Kemp, all sorts of stuff out there, you know, including stuff that people are being told from Clem Morfuni himself that they're hopeful and that you know he wants to stay. But it, I guess I'll believe it when I see it.
3: Yeah, I think we have to go that way, as you say. There's it very much feels like none of the four will be. At Swindon, as soon as they're not allowed to be really, obviously Mahoney's injury, Ben Ward's injury, and then Young and Kemper almost certainly going to go back. Um, I, I I will stay in the with the belief that both of them won't be playing for Swindon come February until anything happens in the opposite direction. Because, but we're not really hearing anything that that A sounds believable or B is from any sort of remotely creditable source on on that the other way at the moment.
4: Yeah, some some fans are talking about six figures and the twine situation. Now, you know, I've done some digging. I've, I'm privileged to know a few people in reasonable places that aren't necessarily affiliated with Swindon Town, and they tell me there is no twine debt. And if, if we're talking about six figures, MK Dons will do absolutely all they can to get that fee because so, he's only got six months left so there's a, there's a lot of noise at the moment that's not to say when I say I'll you know see it to believe it that doesn't mean I'm like it couldn't possibly happen it could happen but I won't be celebrating it until we remove the, the eye emojis and we see him doing the video of hi I'm Dan Kemp and I'm here to stay
3: yeah um, that's, that's definitely the way round is going to have to go Um It'd be it'd be nice if, if we were told more, but that, the reality is that's never going to happen. So, it's it's a waiting game for what feels like an inevitable recall. And frankly, as, as soon as January starts, I'm going to write up that article and have it ready to go. But um, maybe we'll be surprised. Hopefully, we are because Dan Kemp is just a joy. Yes, yes, and that that the, the hope is that he stays because
4: he's so important and he's and just. A very good footballer, which which is the most important thing. Something that I teased Terry for a little bit in the last pod was his opinion of Lewis Ward, which I thought was harsh, but he's very much of the opinion that that Flynn will look for another option. I was just like, well, we got we got Ward and we got Brand, so do we need to? But then I read
3: an article that you did. And it sounds like like uh, Flynn agrees with Terry. Flynn absolutely agrees with Terry. I, um, he, I don't think Flynn, when asked about the goalkeepers, until I specifically asked him, is there not a chance for Lewis Ward? Even brought the guy up. Though I, um for everything that he's said and everything I've heard, there's, I don't really see a way in which Lewis Ward is left as the starting goalkeeper for longer than he has to be left as the starting goalkeeper because. As soon as the injury happened, Michael Flynn was saying that he's been on the... Him and Steve Milner have been on the phone with people talking about more goalkeepers. And, um, you know, again, when we get to the Joe's, we'll, we'll kind of hear that as well. That kind of sentiment that, yeah, I don't think Lewis Ward is is being considered re- realistically as number one. They'd have to be something... He'd have to do something pretty special in these next two games to change that around, I think. Well, there are
4: two games where those things can be achieved, We've had Tom Breuitt return. We've had Jake Kane return. It, it sounds like things are looking good in terms of returning players, but we've said that before. But it has to be accurate, <laughs> doesn't it? Ahead of Forest Green,
3: yeah, it definitely sounds better. He, I was very flin. Obviously, the first question is always injuries, and he said he immediately came out. There'll be a few back. I was like, oh, nice. And then he said, um, Breuitt and Jake Kane, who were already back. And you're like, okay, sure. Um, but GDK Gómez seems to have got over the illness. Obviously, we spoke to him, so that, that seems like a good sign for, for someone who's about to play the game. Um, he said George McEachran should be fine as well. he had um come, come into the game with stiff calves and had, had had that problem that forced him to come off. You could see very quickly that he knew that was going to be the case. Um, so that's, that should be him available. So that all of those four hopefully will be um possibly but the way it was phrased you know, we could see Bruett or Jake Kane starting the game um, and then Blake Tracy was specifically asked about um, he said that he's close and apparently he feels to the at the point where he could play but because um he was um, cursing the fact that he had he'd had a scan done because he'd because uh, it meant that they the club kind of had to take precautions because he feels like he could play but they want to make sure that Everything that they've seen on that scan is is fine before they let him back out there.
4: And I was really worried about Tom Brewer in the second half, but all seems
3: well on that front. Yeah, I was very briefly, very worried when he went down again and obviously playing 60, 65 minutes um, from a position where he couldn't even start the game was probably not the ideal situation. But I asked about him after the game and Michael Flynn said that um, obviously it wasn't ideal, but possibly him playing that much might have actually helped him fitness-wise, so maybe, again, he could be uh, relieving Saidu Khan of his defensive duties uh, for the game tomorrow night.
2: Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlet Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, while Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
4: Hello, Rich here with an exciting offer for listeners of The Loaf Strangers. Yes, we've teamed up with NordVPN to help your viewing pleasure so you can watch your favourite things without constantly travelling to the chateau. That's right, NordVPN allows you to watch those sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with just one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. Now to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash lovestrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll also help support our podcast along the way. You can find the link in the podcast episode description box. Thank you, enjoy, and onwards.
2: Five additional
1: minutes. Mullen. It's Matt Taylor.
4: Let's move to the game against Forest Green Rovers on Friday night. Managed now by former Town Rumour Mill link Troy Deeney, who recently replaced David Horseman. They are having an absolute stinker of a season, properly in the relegation battle, and it's not looking great for them. Their last win in the league, despite you know several attempts to beat Scarborough, uh, was way back in October on the 28th when they beat Crawley Town at home 2-1. Since then, they have lost 3-0 at Tramia. They've drawn to Grimsby 2-2 at home and then away 0-0 to Walsall. Then they lost 3-0 at home to Bradford City, lost away at Milton Keynes, Don's 2-0, home draw against Ginningham. And then more recently on Boxing Day, they lost away at Newport County 4-2, 2-0 up in that game before Callum Jones was sent off, so we won't be seeing Callum Jones, I'm afraid, (laughs) on Friday night. A really, really stinky season. Even we've beaten them away from home. You'll remember Blake Tracy with an absolute oh, glorious effort in happier times. Second game of the season, I think that was. 2-1, the final score there. It's just not really clicked for them. This season, they, they made some pretty decent signings. Matty Taylor made his glorious return to the new lawn, but that hasn't gone to plan. He hasn't played since October. There's loads of town links, whether they're tenuous or, or quite, quite firm, Jordan Taylor Moore, the trialist from last, from last summer is there. But those who did play for Swindon include Jordan Garrick and Tyrese Omatoi from the relegation season, Dylan Kaji from last season, Fankati Dabo. He played in the championship playoff final this year. What is he doing there? And of course, Marcel Levinier, who returned to action for Forest Green Rovers on Boxing Day. So we should be seeing him again in terms of our form against forest green it's pretty good we've won our last four and then before that just before the pandemic put an end to the uh 2019 2020 season we lost 2-0 at home to them so you know it's all in our favor it feels like at the moment which makes me feel more nervous than it should
3: yeah that i I never like team well i don't like us playing teams generally to be fair but um you know (laughs) forest green have got an awful lot of good players as you said um, players that should be uh, certainly nowhere near the bottom of of League Two, and, and you know, a team that pr- probably after that very disappointing result on Boxing Day will be looking for a bounce back. So, it, I I don't like it. I'll be honest. It it feels like because it because it feels like an obvious win at home against bottom of the league, but it just doesn't feel like it'll be that simple.
4: It could get really grim on friday night i i think we'll be okay regardless of what we did against them in 2020 or 2021 last year or whatever you know we did the double against them when they went up as champions all of that is irrelevant i i just i just think i have to believe that we'll be okay and i don't necessarily think that because they're bottom they they will they they were getting something out of the game until the sending off on boxing day but if you go into Forest Green Rovers at home, happily taking a draw, then my goodness, times are bad, and they
3: have to be up for this one. Yeah, that's that's absolutely got to be the case. They can't they they can't leave this one. It has to be a win. I think it's plain and simple. The performance the is, is too bad at the moment um, for for them to really consider anything else against bottom of the league at home, even with all the games and all of the injuries and everything like that. It's They've got to put in. it, I mean, doesn't even have to be a performance. It's just got to go and win the game. It doesn't matter what the score is.
4: Yeah, we've got to have a send off from possibly Kemp and almost certainly Young. And Young has just dropped off a cliff in terms of form recently because he's not fit, and it's been quite plain to see, hasn't it?
3: Yeah, it's. I, I think it was said against um, Barrow, but it definitely still looks to be the case in the last two games that he's he's playing with an injury at the moment. He's. I don't know how much he would have been training. Um, and you know he had at least two chances that guaranteed goals with Jake Young when he's fully fit that he didn't take against Wrexham. So you've you've got to you've got to think that maybe he won't get that kind of send off that that you would be hoping for. But um, it, it would be nice for certainly Kemp to be able to go away from the because more than likely his last game at the counterground. Ground. With a, with a bit of a nice feeling.
4: Oh, it's my fault because I said I wanted him to get to twenty goals and he hasn't scored since.
3: Yeah, you really screwed the pooch on this one, Rich. <laughs> really did. I'll take the heat on that one. What did
4: Michael Flynn have to say about
3: Forest Green Rovers? Uh, yeah, he's he talked about the obviously the change um in management that has led with a formation change from what the horseman was doing, um, and then you kind of kind of get went to the kind of well, it'll be a tough game. Uh, well, of over doing that and then he the, again it was sort of reeling off your classic sort of uh not really statements of, of defending box and things but the bit I liked about the discussion of Forest Green was his rejection that Troy Deeney's position and um the one he was in when he started at Newport are in any way the same <laughs> because um he was obviously the comparison was drawn by Andrew in terms of um both, both of them being young managers in their first job straight out of playing for a side that they're um, you know, trying to get off the top of the league, but Michael Flynn was like, "No, I didn't have money. I didn't have a transfer window. I had less time. I had more points to make up." And um, I don't know what necessarily if he was trying to be like, I, I, "I promise you, I'm quite good at this whole management thing, guys," or he just he just wanted to 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 really make the point about Troy Deeney that. Um, we are not the same but it was I really quite enjoyed it to be honest
4: Troy Deeney's a it's a bold appointment isn't it for Forest Green Rovers because he's a rookie he's you know he's, he's he's been there he's done that but this is this is quite a challenge that he's got but he should be looked after by Del Vince.
3: yeah especially as, as Flynn mentioned with the January coming up there'll be money to spend there delvins won't want to go down. You know they clearly don't want to do the traditional thing in terms of their managerial appointments, but you know there's there's more than enough quality already in the squad. If you know that your Taylors, your Stevens, um, all the all the all the Swindon links, Carl McAllister has been possibly one of the better forward players in the league this season in quite a bad team. Um, so you know they should have enough anyway, and if they don't, then they can go and get it, um, if they want to in terms of bringing reinforcements in. So. You look at the teams around them; they certainly shouldn't be finishing below Sutton come the end of the season. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. But when Sutton beat Wimbledon away,
4: that must have been just a gut punch for for the Forest Green Rovers fans
3: and, of course, club. Yeah, that, I mean, certainly in terms of the way things looking going into the new year, but be, be, being bottom is kind of feels different to being twenty third. I think from from the from the way that that will be vibes wise. But hopefully we can keep them there for for another game at least. Yeah.
4: Okay. Well, sh- shall we go to the Joe Zone for the first time?
3: I think we should. And, what's this at the transfers? Where are you with Williams Gakolo's contract at the moment?
0: Williams is he's is, is finding ongoing. Um, um, you know, we'll we'll have a chat with him regarding extending or not. Um, once we we. See who we get through the door as well will be uh, an important thing to, to do. You know, there's, there's a few other positions I'm more concerned on first, and that is um, you know, through the spine of the
3: team. So, would he be available on New Year's Day? So, is his contract yes, beyond that? Yes, he's point? available for New Year's Day, yeah. Okay. Um, and then, with having Lewis Warden go, I think we've talked a few times about the ability that Mahoney gives you with his feet. Does that change the style of play when you do have a goalkeeper who's quite so adept at that? Um, it's a good question actually
0: it, it, it's, I don't think Lewis struggled against Wrexham in terms of that but Wrexham were quite happy to sit off um, when teams come and press you it might be a little bit more difficult um, because Murph was like an extra outfield player uh, Lewis has got other qualities so we we've, um, you know, we've, we've got to play the way we want to play but with ed- educated uh, gambles, I would say. It's no, I'm not interested in it going back to him when he's under pressure, and the only thing he can do is basically shank it out of play. That's you know, I'd rather him, I'd rather us play with our our heads and and go a little bit longer, um, and pick up the second ball, and and then go and play from there. But right, yeah, there's there's things to look at. But like I said, I thought Lewis was fine with the ball at his feet on on. Um, I forgot what day it was. Monday. Where are we? Monday, Tuesday. Sorry. On on Boxing Day, that's easier. On Boxing Day than um, yeah, because he he had that a little bit more time. It was the only only the occasional press from uh, from Wrexham where I thought he dealt with it quite well, except for one or two. Do you see Forest Green being a bit more front foot in the way they're going to defend? I think Forest for Green would be. They'll be up for it. They'll see it. They'll see us, uh, our form, and see it as a chance for them to to get a win. But look, we were expecting that. To be honest, I wouldn't expect anything else from any other team in the league. Um, So we have got to step up, and we've got to turn some of these better performances into into wins. Like like I said to you weeks ago. and for December, I wasn't really, I couldn't really care about the performance. It was about the results, and unfortunately, they haven't gone as well as we had hoped. Thanks, and good luck
4: Cheers, Thanks very much. Thank you. I'm quite surprised, Joe, that the Kakolo deal isn't locked in
3: just yet. Should we be worried? Well, I think Williams Kakolo should, if they've not talked to him about <laughs> it yet. Uh, it kind of felt like this was going to be a formality. I mean, we, we, we I think the pair of us felt that. The only reason he was signed in the first place is because they're probably not really paying him anything, and then yeah. c- suddenly with with the competitive budget, uh, Flynn's going to have to wait to see the other players he can bring in to to see if he can afford to keep Kakero for much longer than this. Um, I was I you know kind of asked it thinking maybe he'd be like, oh yeah, well it's probably it's pretty much done at this point, but no, it's um it it's likely that uh, he'll be in a situation where he'll he'll play the Crawley game and then. Will be in limbo for a few weeks to, to whether or not he's staying with Swindon or not. And and how do you think he's done? Um, I mean, he's been
4: fine. Yeah. Um, that's it. He's been fine. He's shown real glimpses, but he's also been largely absent in places. But he hasn't played for so long, so that should be understandable. Yeah,
3: there's he's he's played a. I, I, the the way to put it is he's played about as well as he should have been able to play, but he's he's hardly come in and made a huge impact. On the team he's he's been useful in, in by way of filling in at left center back when we have no players so I guess in terms of just having an extra body and it was a good signing but um he, he's hardly revolutionized the team yeah and of course as you mentioned previously
4: the Lewis Ward he, he doesn't play the same as Murphy Mahoney and indeed
3: I think like Flynn likes his goalkeepers to play yeah I think that's clearly going to be the way. Um, Ward is 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 a a good about as good as deputies you can really look for at Swindon's level Um, I think I saw someone say um, you know we never should have signed him on A response to an article I did about Lewis Ward it's like well I mean he's he's proved his worth just by the last two games of you know otherwise Redman Evans has played at home against Wrexham on Boxing Day so you know he's, he's 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 come in handy for that for that purpose alone but I don't think he's ever going to be wanted by Michael Flynn as a long-term starter, because bottom line is, if he try and kicks long, it goes out for a throw into the other team. And if he tries to pass, then it's always a bit laboured and slow. But boy, howdy, he? He's a shot stopper. He is, and he showed that with the saves from Lee and Dolby. So he's he's clearly a very good goalkeeper, just not for the way Swindon want to play, which is kind of always why it surprised me a bit that it didn't work at Sutton, because you'd expect they'd want their goalkeeper to play a bit like Lewis Ward. But... That didn't work, and he's he's back with a Wilshire ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I was reading
4: your your blog live today as I was as I was making my notes for this episode, and I was seeing that like, I felt so stupid because I was like, "Why are they so keen to speak to Godwin Malife? <laughs> of course, he's a former Forest Green player, so <laughs> it makes sense though." But again, in terms of tone, that's a, that's a, that's a guy when whenever <laughs> they went and said. Dokes, they want to talk to
3: you. I didn't get the feed in. He was like, "Oh, great!" <laughs> yeah, especially supposedly just arrived. I think the reason it took a bit longer was he wasn't even in the building when we asked. So <laughs> he got in and was, and was like, "Dokes, can you come speak to the press room?" And it is like, Okay. Oh, fuck. Go on, then. I can't say can I? But- <laughs> Does this mean I don't have to do it till March now? <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they need to sign a few players before we do that, because <laughs> the, the reason I had to, we had to go for him is we've, we've been interviewed pretty much everyone else uh, who's, a, who's a fit footballer. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a brave thing to ask a man about
4: an illness, especially the one that he's recently had, but he, he, he batted it away quite
3: well. Yeah. He, he went into... Well, wow. a, a level of detail in terms of what he'd been through, in terms of, um, it, it like, I think we got the, the picture from Mike, what Michael Flynn said initially, in terms of um, him um, and him sort of vomiting on the bus, I think, on their way up to Tranmere, and having to get off again. Um, and then uh, it sounds like it was a, a tough few days to be Yudoka Goldwyn-Malifa, um, <laughs> yeah. in, in terms of uh, what he could get through and then... Uh, there was the hope for him to be back at Rex and that didn't happen, but he's, he got to do a bit of running after the game and he was there at the ground for it um, and sh- and, has, and has been able to train in the days since. So I think he should be fine and ready to go um, for his former employers. Yeah, just get sent off, dokes. Don't eat raw food or anything like that. It's just, just get sent off. You know what I mean? It's. A... <laughs> Look at the curse of the come dying with me strikes again yeah and well done for not asking him that <laughs> i didn't think it would be appropriate to ask him about what he'd been eating well to done. be honest well exactly exactly but he's he's happy to be back yeah he's I, I mean obviously it sounds like most things would be better than than what he's been doing <laughs> yeah. for for a few days so he's he's happy to be back he, you know, he said there was some positive take from Wrexham and um excited to kind of try and turn around the the bad form and um some lovely sort of Felt like they were from kind of a self-help book, um, kind of uh, quotes in terms of manifestation and um, how you get and time being a healer to get through adversity. So I, I liked that stuff. Nice, yeah,
4: yeah. And it is, it is a bad run, as as he mentioned, as as you as you allude to there. I think five losses in terms of league two or the fourth tier is something we haven't done since John Trollope. But this is our second attempt this season. So um, again, a draw end that, and I I guess it's just nice to get a point on the board. But you won't have a better home game opportunity to end a rot like this one. No, that that, that's
3: clear enough. And it sounds from what he said, like the team have been, (laughs) I I guess, just watching clips of themselves play against, say, Crawley or someone like that, and say we are pretty good. Why don't we just do that? (laughs) And then um, hopefully they'll they'll be able to put, translate that onto the field once again because uh, it felt, it feels like a quite a long way from those days with uh, with the way this team are playing at the moment. Yeah, the, the team
4: spirit question was that We need to remind ourselves what we can do, and we can do it.
3: I'm, I'm worried that they have to remind themselves there. Yeah, a little bit. And I don't think um, from from the judgment of what people responded to the night blog and uh, articles and things, people aren't too pleased with with his comments about well, surrounding, you know, all we need to do is remind ourselves how good we are kind of thing. Um, but I, I think you kind of got to agree with it. It's probably that they look like a team without confidence. So they they do That's Getting that confidence back is the first step. And if, if you know, um, and, you know, everyone saying, everyone getting in a nice circle and uh, pa- passing around feely the share bear and talking about how good <laughs> everyone else is. If they, they want to do that and that helps, then go ahead. Godwin mean, it was talk, was asked about Lewis Ward. He was, yes, obviously. If um, in the in the event that he comes back into the starting lineup, we're playing in front of a different keeper this time. So obviously, with with the discussion of Lewis Ward and his feet um, but, uh, coming in, us uh, he was asked about uh, you know how much has that changed things, um, and uh, he said not really, um, which is nice. Um, useful i i suppose um i think lewis ward, ward said a fairly similar thing um after the game on boxing day so um yeah, and he was and goblin leaf obviously was pretty complimentary about the way that um lewis ward had played against wrexham as well so um you, you know you'd imagine they'd have they'd have met each other around the place they, they had up, they'll have an idea of um, of how to play alongside each other. I should hope so. But of course, Lewis Ward, alumni of Forest Green Rovers as well. Yeah, another one of the the nice players being passed around the West Country circuit, which is always useful. See, geography does help sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes. Not the
4: time, and it shouldn't be a given. Gormin Malife was with Forest Green Rovers until the summer, was a part of that championship, that League Two championship winning team. Um, and he was asked about his time at Forest Green. And of course, marking players that he's aware of
3: yeah not too interested in going into a huge discussion about Forest Green and their current plight because obviously he departed over the summer following their first relegation and um, he said that it's it's not been nice to watch them um, struggle this season because of you know the friends that he has in the team um, and, and the players that are around there and the, I think possibly almost word for word him and Michael Flynn said no I hope they do better and I'm sure they will but <laughs> but after tomorrow. Um, and then, yeah, we can't do that. Nah, be gone. <laughs> <laughs> not like the Derby? Oh, not a Derby, but just, just a game that's not miles away I quite like. No, yeah, well, yes, there's that? Um, But if we if we get
4: Cheltenham return, even though Daryl Clark's doing his best to annoy us on that front, and of course Reading, then they won't be missed. Uh, and if it's on a Tuesday night, that just kind of writes me off because Nelsworth on a Tuesday when you don't drive is just it's an it's a no go. And also, if you don't get in an hour before the game, you might as well not bother anyway because of the views there. But yes. um, no, I I wouldn't miss them. I don't dislike them.
3: I'm just not bothered by them. Yeah. To be yeah. honest. All those things are true, although it is important to note that we could never win against Cheltenham. So I think keeping Forest Green around in a match that we can win is quite useful as well.
4: Yeah. When I when I saw a Cheltenham fan in front of me at the Wrexham game, I thought to myself, one day, sir, you'll see Swindon win. One day. <laughs> He's probably not aware that we can. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Almost done. Shall we go back to the Joe Zone?
3: Let's go. Best of luck. Thank, thank you very much. Um, with all the illness and things, and you're saying you've got to do a bit of running after Wrexham, now how much
1: preparation have you been able to really do with, with your
3: illness and everything?
1: Uh, Like I said, I was running after Wrexham. I was in yesterday doing a bit of running, and today I'm going to be training. So, yeah, I've had three days to prepare. Yeah, and have you, have you been able to kind of do
3: all the other stuff, like the off the field and, like, I guess, team meetings and things like that?
1: What do you mean? Like, have
3: you been able to do... Um, not if, even if you're not on the grass, you're able to kind of
1: yeah, yeah. Like, do you mean like analysis and things like that? Yeah, that, yeah, that of gets sent to us all the time. We, we have we have we have an app that we can watch things, if we get sent things, we'll, we'll also be watching things today as well. So, yeah, there's a, information can still be took on. Yeah, and do you feel like, especially with um the two games either side of the new year, that you can
3: in just by the end of this week have like completely changed the energy around the club? Can it change the energy? Do you, do you feel like it, it? you can you are able to do that with with the two games close together?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, it's, it's actually been three games, really, if you count the Tranmere game as well, and then tomorrow. But yeah, of course. Obviously, the boys are going are going to feel tired, uh, but so will the other teams. It's a busy it's a busy period. It's a busy schedule. It's the same for everyone else. But of course, the energy is always going to be there, especially every time we step over that wide line, everyone's going to give hundred uh, percent. That, that's that. Um, 'Cause if you don't you get found out. And so yeah, the energy's there. We're always gonna bring the energy. We're well looked after. We we get we have plenty of time to recover. We get given all the resources to recover and feel fresh for the for the next game. Excellent, thank you very much.
3: All right. oh, thank you. I knew what you meant. I, I understood. I mean, after, after the coming off the confidence of Michael Flynn saying I, I put in a good question, it really knocked me straight back down to earth, this one, I've got to say. And to be fair, I was going completely off the cuff anyway, so it was probably nonsense.
4: Yeah, and is, is there much really to to take from
3: those answers? Probably not even worth including, to be honest. There's there's, there's not a ton there. <laughs> well, it was mostly just admin. So. have you trained? Yeah, yeah, yeah I have trained. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> See you, Yudoka. How are you feeling within yourself?
4: Not, not just because you got the poorly saying. How are you? No, yeah. no. Okay. Well, well
3: probably would have been a better question
4: to be fair yeah yeah. okay well maybe we should just compile a bunch of generic questions for when you are thinking off the cuff and you can just take as you go along but it's always a lovely dice roll uh, when Joe is where you were like uh of course you can say no johnny used to say
3: no yeah but i you know i always feel like i should try and fill a Joe's zone good for you, uh, if, good if for you. doing it and think he might say something of note he didn't but we, uh, he might have done and you know sometimes you get the the come dine with me pearls to include in here don't we happier times mean happier questions until then it's how are you
4: feeling? <laughs> okay. Yeah,
3: <laughs> the, the scraps of asking whimsical questions really don't hit as hard when you've lost four in a row. No, they really don't. And
4: bring back whimsy, please. Get a get a get some points, Swindon, so we can bring back whimsy. It's uh, quite exhausting uh, when we lose doing this. Right. Let's let's close with predictions. Uh, Connor got it wrong on your behalf for the Wrexham game with his prediction of five 0 Swindon. Uh,
3: what, what are you going for today interesting that because i would have said 6-0 to wrexham so uh, you know you would have got a point for that yeah. too but i guess i guess that's what happens that's that's what happens when you spend your time in in mind so um i'm gonna go i'm gonna say we're not going to keep a clean sheet are we which limits your options a little bit when sweden aren't scoring quite as many goals um I'm going to go 3-2 to Swindon. Let's have a bit of an excitement back.
4: Yeah, I also went with 3-2, so I've got to amend. I I think it will be... It feels like um, it's not going to be a thriller, but it's going to be carnage in my mind. Like, it's going to be two teams duking it out. And, you know, I was going to go 3-2, but I'm going to show some faith,
3: and I'm going to say... 2 0 Swindon. Ooh. I mean. Clean sheet is back. If we can get the clean sheet back in fashion, that'd be very nice. And another feather for Lewis Ward to say, see, I should stay around. Please, yes. Oh, those quotes are not kind for, for Lewis Ward. They're not happening. No, I think just listen, the sort of progression of answers on Lewis Ward is always. It, it took a while for Flynn to remember that he existed, so I don't think it necessarily bodes well for him. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Um, no clean sheets in the league.
4: I don't know why I said in the league, um, in any competition. <laughs> we were very close, I in the FA Cup, to be fair. <laughs> um, for over two months, Newport County uh, on October 14th was the last time we kept a clean sheet. So, gosh darn it, I'm going for it. 2 uh, 0 Swindon. It's got to come sometime. Uh, I mean, it very much doesn't with the way that Swindon play, but it's got yeah. to come sometime. It's got to. It's got to. And Kemp and Young with the goals just to make us feel extra. Oh, sad. You know, a win, but sadness. Oh, God. I was trying to be upbeat, and I've just
3: ruined it for myself. Oh, Damn it, Rich. I'll, I'll, my, my goals will all be from, from young, to get leave him very close to hitting 20 at, at Crawley. So close. Yeah, let's get... Come on, a couple of braces, or a couple of attributes, whatever it needs. Come Make on, it happen. Jake, if
4: you've done it before. Do it again. Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very
3: much, Rich. <laughs>
4: the low strangers is an independent supporters podcast the views given do not reflect those of swindertown football club or their official partners the music for the presser is provided by the awesome drag me down and the podcast logo is created by the most spended Matt in singapore thanks for listening
1: come
2: on you reds come on did.